0: hypnotherapists are my favorite people to talk to because of what we study, what we know, what we teach people. Right. So it's like immediately, like if you're a hypnotherapist, I know that like we can just immediately have a deep conversation. We don't even have to like play in the fluff. We can just go.
1: That's right. That's right. I know, I know, I know exactly what you're saying.
0: So you've got NLP training as well. Yep, which yeah. 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 Partner so beautifully with hypnotherapy.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I consider myself, I use, I consider myself more of an NLP practitioner than even a hypnotist. You know, um, I, I use a lot of like kind of neuro-linguistic programming principles along with a lot of So I, I got a strategic coaching um, background as well. Like that's Tony Robbins thing. So I use a lot of NLP in a coaching modality using hypnosis as well. That, that's kind of where I'm at now with it.
0: So did you get into the Tony Robbins program for your own growth and expansion? And then it just kind of turned into something that you offer clients as well?
1: A bit of both, you know, I mean, Tony Robbins was really the start for me, you know, like, like literally 30 years ago, I started a sales job and they had his personal power tapes and I was able to listen to those. And I was, I was literally, I was in a, I took a semester off from college. I was in a tough spot. I was 50 pounds heavier. I was binge drinking, lost all the whole story. And, um, I found his, that the, the personal powers, I started, I started listening to those. And then that just, that, that was a crazy couple months. Cause, uh, I, I, I started playing guitar, started martial arts, found out about hypnosis, um, and I went to when I went to back to college. The orientation, the first night, they had a hypnotist there. He was like age regressing people and like doing kind of hypnotic phenomena and so you know i started this school it was a business class so I got a degree in finance and investments but I already knew I was already you know on that path then I got certified in hypnosis and NLP and then strategic coaching is the most recent one you know?
0: totally and I offer mentorship so I'm a hypnotherapist okay. as well as a mentor because and then I weave in the hypnosis in sure. my mentorship so yeah, I have, of have sessions where we're actually working with the conscious mind breaking down patterns and then that yeah. next week we come in with a hypnosis session to really amplify and activate the things that we did the week before. So my clients have found like so much success. So I think when we partner hypnosis and this is the really exciting part is it's always happening, Right. Most people think of it as like this thing over here and like, oh, I don't know about that. I won- don't want right. to touch it. And when I tell people, I'm like, you're in and out all day. Oh, I
1: know that. I know and that. Yeah.
0: It's not this thing over here. You right. are living it. Right. Very sure, sure. And then I am, I'm so proud to be part of the conversation. And I, I assume that you are, too, of breaking that taboo down
1: and oh, explaining
0: yeah. when I explain to my clients what it actually is. They're like, oh,
1: yeah, you know, yeah, because yep.
0: I knew that my studies would only be for therapy. Yep. And I serve women and I serve them, you know, tearing down those stories, dismantling all those old beliefs so they can really shine and thrive. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is that stage aspect to it, which is fun. Yeah. But when you use it therapeutically, which you do as well, yeah, yeah right. Definitely. Helping people transform their body, build their business, all of yeah. that. Oh, I absolutely. Know, like, I know exactly
1: what you mean. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah
1: the stage. So I don't know. I, mean, I, got, I got conspiracy minded with the whole hypnosis things. I think it's, it was marginalized, you know, it was part of Western medicine for a little while there until they came up with chemical anesthesias, you know, it was a regularly studied thing. There was actually a great documentary I watched where it was people had, um, I believe it was World War II PTSDs and they were using hypnosis to help them. And, um, it was fascinating because even back then it was really effective, really helpful. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I think hypnosis was marginalized, um, a lot, you know what I mean? Because, just for a lot of reasons, but
0: yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I am with you on that. I think it's a suppression tool. If you have yeah. if people know that they can heal themselves, that yeah. they can activate things that they can create, right. That everybody has access to power. Yeah. But we have to shut this down. Right. So we can kind of control yeah. the masses.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get that all the time is I was just watching a guy and he's like, you know, doctor of psychology and he's like, he had the category on TikTok of nonsense psychology and, and NLP was in there And um, I was like, you know, fuck that, because it's like, you tell me, you tell me what psychological modality you're going to use to help someone actually change their behaviors. Let let me know tell, give me the cognitive behavioral therapy one. Okay, great. That's like, to me, that's like kindergarten of NLP. And so, you know, that's what I always get to is that I think, I think like change psychology has a conscious bias where everyone's always just like, oh, I know what to do, so I'm going to do it. And then they want to like diagnose abnormal psychology, but what about the normal person who wants to do something that can't get themselves to do it? What do you got for me? And i have seen a lot of good answers, you know? And so, um, yeah, there's no, there's no subconscious understanding or ability to use it to help create change. And so I don't know. So I, I just, I, I apply a lot of it to weight loss and diets, but, um, you know, you, you know, like, obviously when you understand the subconscious mind and hypnosis, you know, you see like, a lot of the way people are trying to create changes, it's it's not going to work right from the beginning, you know, because of the way they're approaching it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the stage stuff, I think they almost put it out there just as a way to marginalize and make it goofy. You yeah,
0: know. and turn people off.
1: Yeah, exactly. It makes it seem silly. Oh, look like a chicken. You know how many times i heard that in my life? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, like... Yeah. It's, it's, it, talk about a hypnotic suggestion, right? Cause you say hypnosis to someone and they're going to say, Oh, I'm going to click like a chicken. It's like, you know, I can't be hypnotized. What are you going to make me click like a chicken? It's like, yeah, you just got triggered to say the same friggin' suggestion that every person on the planet says when they hear and hypnosis. So, you know, and like, I've
0: taught, I've had this, this fear of like, I'm not in control, right? That I'm like taking over your mind. And so, like, right, I love, right. like you're conscious and awake the entire time. Yeah. You would hear if I came in with some outside wacky stuff.
1: Right. Of course. You
0: notice, you know, Right, right. so there's a somnambulist, right. That just drop real deep yeah, where you yeah. can Get them to do, you know, the different things. Sure. So I just, I love, love, love being a part of the conversation that just smashes that taboo. I love oh, having yeah. the conversation. And then, because I am of the belief that this is like one of the top healing tools that sure. people have access to. Right. Yeah. And I, I use self-hypnosis on myself to release 20 pounds.
1: Okay. Great. Yeah.
0: So it's like, if it's giving the power back to the people. Sure. And it's like teaching them that like, I can guide you. Right. But like, you have all the tools, you have all the resources. Yeah. And I even made a, a self-hypnosis script and guide that like mm. walks a person through that use the the recorder on your iPhone.
1: Yeah, sure. You know, sure.
0: Record yourself. I walked right. them through a little induction, all that. Here's where you're going to add what right. you're wanting to, you know, program for yourself. Listen right. every night as you drift off into sleep. Right, right. You sure. know, giving people that power back, like you have the power to change your life or change your beliefs or your thoughts, you know, and not thinking that that it's it's impossible or that you need someone else. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And Absolutely. it's like letting them know, like when you're watching TV, when you're driving, when you're listening yeah. to a video, I'm like you are in a hypnotic state.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. I always use that as an example because yeah, it's I and I, I hear what you're saying, because like it's changing the conversation. Like everyone's always hypnotized pretty much throughout the day. We're we're yes. built to be on autopilot. But TV and movies are the most obvious example of hypnosis because you're sitting there in a relaxed, calm state, but you're 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 allowing those ideas to go into your mind and you're imagining them. And you're vicariously experiencing them. So if you're watching sports on TV, you're literally releasing adrenaline in your body. And so you're allowing your imagination to be, it, it's just a hypnotic session, basically. Yeah. And you're allowing yourself to go with it. You're aware of what's going on in the room, but your attention's focused on the movie or the you know—the screen. And you're allowing yourself to imagine that scenario. You're not saying like, oh, that's just light on a screen. Oh, those are just actors. There's, you know what I mean? You're not always critically... You know, analyzing everything thing, you're allowing yourself to imagine it, and then getting the experiences that come from that imagination, which is what we're doing all day long. So, I even like taking it a step further that, especially when people are struggling with something, um, it's it's always a hypnotic phenomenon in a sense because they consciously want to change it more than anything in the world. Right. So, if if everything was conscious, oh, I would I'll just eat better, and you just eat better. But they go to eat better, and then next thing you know, some part of them compels them to eat the wrong food. Well, what part do you think that is? You know what i mean it's like and no one really looks at it that way and so everyone has one tool which is willpower and they just keep trying to force because it basically creates this feeling where you're fighting against your subconscious mind and you're going to that for so long and so when you describe it people like oh yeah but you're like geez how are you describing that before i just explained that to you and you realize people have very little awareness of kind of the, the the subconscious structure of what's going on you know you're actively doing things they're keeping you stuck. You just don't realize it because they're on autopilot, you know? So it's like, you know, when you brush your teeth, or even a com- computer mouse, I always use that as an example that it's like, when you first use that computer mouse, that thing was all over the place. It, w- it was hard to figure out. Now you use a computer mouse, and you don't even think about it at all. It's just yeah. an automated process. And so, so much of your life is just these automated processes that you've learned and now gotten in your subconscious mind are just running. That's where you want to focus your attention on. You know, rather than saying, oh, I got to stop this process. No, you need to create a new process to override the old one. You know, you're not going to do it consciously. (laughs) That's how I think anyways.
0: I create a visual for my clients just because I prefer visuals. So I have a whiteboard and I draw a visual and I'm like, it's a numbers game. Your willpower is about 10 to 12%. How -hmm. long is that going to last you when you're looking at, right, 90%? uh, You've got some associations down here, positive associations with those destructive habits. Right, you're only gonna last a couple of days, a week, maybe right. a month on willpower. It you, I was like, you are never gonna succeed. And yeah. then what happens is like this is self sabotage. And I get them this visual, and I can just see these like they light up. And I was right. like, it was always gonna fail, yeah. right? But it was never you because people will internalize like I failed. I set this goal, exactly. I didn't make it, right? And then when I show them that, I was like, it was never gonna work in the beginning. You didn't fail. Through right. hypnosis, right? We disengage with those old patternings. We positive association with like the eating healthy and exercise and all right. that, right? We close up shop, you go, go shop. out into the world, you've got some new associations going on in the background, right? And like there's where you're gonna get success. Yeah. And I can just yeah. see their face like yeah, yeah of dieting and battling and self-sabotage, right, right. And all that. And when I show them that, it just it brings me so much joy because you could see the release and the relief in them of like, okay, I wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, I did thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, because everyone thinks it's a a willpower game. And so they take that on as like a character trait, you know? And so if like they can't change it, they think, well, I'm a weak person or there's something wrong with me. And they, again, it's the paradigm. I always think the most valuable part of hypnosis is the paradigm of you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind and understanding that paradigm. Like that's what I find to be the most powerful part. It's just the concept of it because then all of a sudden- when you want to do something and you're not doing it, you have a better explanation for it. You know what I mean? Because most core explanation people have is, Oh, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. I'm a weak person. Or, and, and just like you said, they take that on as an identity. And instead of looking at it like, Oh, I don't have that programming yet, you know? And so let me go to work on, cause I always, it's like, if you want to learn to play the piano, you have a natural intuition that you have to go and practice it and you build up the skill and you develop it. And that's a natural way we would create change. But when it, create, when it comes to changing like bad habits, people just use this willpower thing. We're going to stop the bad habit. Well, then you've created a vacuum. What are you going to do? There's no program for that, you know? And so, and the other thing is that you never get rid of old wiring. You know, that wiring always stays. And so this is what, like we were just saying, when you rely on willpower, geez, you could be on a diet for a year. And all of a sudden you get off track and those old habits come right back like they never left because they never left. Yeah. You know, so if you focus that year on developing new habits that are going to run on autopilot, you've set yourself up for much more success than the idea that you're going to, again, consciously, because like you said, it's just anatomical too. It's pre, prefrontal cortex is where your willpower is. And so it's only 10% of your brain, like you said, anatomically. And so most of us is subconscious and running on autopilot. And, uh, to think that you're going to consciously fight against that forever is, yeah. Like you said, you're set up for failure, you know, yeah. with, with that paradigm, you start. right, right. There's you no know? chance.
0: It's like, you can get rid of that guilt and shame, that internalization of like, I messed something up or I failed, you know, yeah. like that alone brings so much healing, Sure. so much healing, because I was like, you're compounding that shame and guilt for every dial diet that failed. Every time you ate something, when you said you shouldn't, you know, sure, I was sure. like, that is worse. Yeah right? That compounding of the shame and guilt.
1: Oh yeah. Worsens,
0: right. Your success rate. So like just giving yourself this grace and this understanding of the cycle, it was like, you were never going to win. It was never until we changed those associations and through hypnosis. And I'm sure the client success stories are so fulfilling and satisfying. Yeah. And then I empower my clients to like, you know, they hire me for a while, but it was like, here's the tools. Like you can continue to do this. Like once you understand how your mind works, what you need to do, that they continue to use the tools and skills that we built together out on their own forever. And then other people,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Again, understand the conscious subconscious mind, like and understand how they operate differently, you know? So the conscious mind is logical, rational. It understands why you should do whatever and tries to get you to do it with willpower. But your subconscious mind runs completely different. You know, it's very, like you said, it's very associative. And so, you know, it's a lot of people, it's like, if you want to learn the piano, it's like, you wouldn't go and read a bunch of books on the piano. That's not gonna teach you how to do it, right? But when it comes to pretty much any change a person wants to create in their life, that's kind of how they're approaching it. They're thinking, I know what I need to do, I know what I should do, and now I'm gonna do it. But it's like, they never go to the part of installing that behavior into their body. And so the same way that you've learned, because in Cause again, even schools a little bit like this because school becomes so theoretical once you pass like kind of elementary school, but the beginning of it, you're learning a lot of actual skills. And that's a much better example of what real learning feels like, where you're putting something into your nervous system and hypnosis just helps you do that faster when you're an adult and you understand the behavior, but you literally have to install it because so much of your behavior is cued by environmental triggers you're not aware of. Yeah. So like with eating, for example, you know, during the day people are fine. And then all of a sudden eight o'clock comes and subconsciously, like, okay, it's eight o'clock. I'm alone. Time to sit on the sofa, rewind, you know, unwind, relax, and eat my ice cream, you know? And so it's like, yeah, all for the day, like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden, you literally go into trances. You're going to trances all day long. And so you get into this trance at eight o'clock, and all of a sudden, it's like you turn into a different person. <laughs> you go and eat the ice cream, then you snap out of it when you're finished. You're like, what did I do? Why did I do that? Oh, God, I failed again. Da, da, da. But it's like, if you think you were going to use willpower there, it's like, again, you're just, you're completely. I always say, like, imagine you had to remember to breathe. Like, if you had to remember to breathe, we'd all be dead. Right. (laughs) The brain's not set up to consciously micromanage every little thing. It's set to put all this stuff on autopilot and us kind of coast along, you know, our day. So, yeah, it just, right as a beginning paradigm of how your brain works and how to create change. Yeah, just like you said, I I don't even know because I tried it. I know what it was like before where I try and willpower everything. And um, it, it just never, it never worked well for me you know? So the I skip that on that.
0: When it's matched with a positive association that's aligned with your goal is yeah, gold. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It's
0: only when you have that inner conflict, when your willpower has decided to go this way right. and you've got a subconscious programming that says we're going this way, that's huh. when you have that inner conflict, but when they're aligned, that willpower is what will get you where yeah. you want to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the alignment's interesting too, because that's, you know, every every time someone comes to me with an issue, I always will look at it like there's a conscious, subconscious incongruency, you know? And, um, and again, you know, like it's, it's not rocket science. I guess that's kind of like to your point, you know, it's like once you work with someone, just the general understanding of how your mind works, because it's so much more practical. You you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you can go to all these philosophical, these psychological theories, and they're all kind of these, these theories, but how do I change though? (laughs) You know, and so this one is so practical in the sense of like, okay, well, I smoke, right? I'm smoking and I want to stop. And so what most people do is they say, okay, I got to stop smoking, but they never appreciate the subconscious benefit they're getting out of smoking. We always do things for a positive intention. And so instead of just saying, I'm going to stop smoking, well, you've been smoking for 20 years and you want to stop the whole time because there's something positive you're getting out of it. And people never look at that way. So it's like, to me, it's like, well, let's figure out when are you using the cigarettes? What are you getting out of it emotionally? So, well, I use it to relax. And when I fight with my wife, I go and I have a cigarette. And when I'm stressed at work, I'll go outside and have a cigarette. Okay. So you're using it for relaxation. And so now we realize that's just one example. But if someone smokes for relaxation and they say, okay, I'm going to stop smoking. Let me get rid of the smoking. Well, I also got rid of the relaxation strategy, you know? So now a day or two goes by and they haven't smoked, but they're ready to kill people. And they're like, this isn't worth it. I'm going to smoke, <laughs> you know, because I feel horrible. And so they have a way better chance of success if they learn other ways to relax that don't we involve cigarettes.
0: We can never yeah. just take away. Exactly. You're going to go back, right? So like that replacement right. behavior yeah. is so critical.
1: Right, exactly. And it's like, so you, So again, to put it in a different way, a lot of times when people want to change a bad habit, what they're doing is they're giving themselves less choices. They're saying, I'm going to get rid of the one relaxation strategy I can rely on and get rid of that so I can get healthier. And so I would rather give them a better way to relax that didn't involve cigarettes. Now they're way more likely to choose that. I'm not saying there's still not some work to be done sometimes with the smoking, but it's a way more comfortable path because that's, I think, people are always using things for an emotional reason. You know, that's the subconscious association piece. And once you recognize it, you can recognize the positive intention behind it. And then you can ask the question, what's a better way I can accomplish that without smoking, without eating, you know, without doing whatever the negative behavior is. And, um, it just changes the entire process. It's not you fighting against yourself. You know, it becomes again, that congruency because the person smoking doesn't want to smoke. The problem is they're getting something positive out of it and they don't know how to get it in a not negative way. And once so they that do same
0: idea transfers to food, all of the clients oh, okay. that I have worked on with, uh, changing eating behaviors and exercise motivation and weight loss and all that, I was like, you're, those are symptoms.
1: Exactly. Right? Yeah. I yeah.
0: Like, so, you know, we observe those, but yeah. really right. That food is giving you comfort safety, yeah. protection, you know? And it was like, that's where we can go to do the real healing. Right. And then I explained to them, you heal that your symptoms fade. Right. So it's not, if we just look at it, it's very surface level to look at like, okay, I eat at night. And if we just approach it from that way, like I am laser focused on what's the root because that will give you sustainable, right. Healing. So your clients you're eating, uh, sometimes a lot of times if there's weight, there's a there's some kind of protection, right? I Yeah, Yeah, that too. Yeah. Right. Or the comfort and the safety or the boredom, you know, and like, so it's like we heal that in hypnosis, the symptomatic problems that are creating, you know, the weight heal themselves naturally.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's like no one thinks of it that way. I I say that stuff all the time. My specialty is weight loss. And it's like, you know, you say like you weigh what you want subconsciously
0: Ooh, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah right
1: I know. yeah and it's like it changes the whole paradigm because it, and not only that but it makes them feel more powerful because you take your power back you know because that other idea that I'm trying to change everything and I can't do it it makes you feel powerless but what if know? they
0: but, say like I don't want this yeah <laughs> I don't want to weigh this
1: yeah yeah well that's what becomes interesting because it, it's just like you said a lot of times especially like a woman w- will have the weight to protect themselves from men you know what I mean? Like that, I hear that so much. Um, and, and there's a lot of different subconscious reasons. So, you know, one thing is the conscious mind is very logical and rational and the subconscious mind is not, no. it's not logical and rational. <laughs> and it's it just
0: This is what I tell yeah. my clients. I'm like, it doesn't care. Yeah. I likened it to the recording on your iPhone. I was like, your iPhone will never tell you that what you're recording is trash. It won't right. tell you that it's beautiful. It will record right, right. whatever. There's yeah. no discernment happening.
1: Yeah, there's no discernment. That's exactly right. It just <laughs> associates. I always use like the Pavlov's dog thing, you know, because people are like, oh, well, they're dogs. Well, you can do the exact same experiment with humans. Yeah. You could just do the exact same thing. And so it doesn't make any sense that you would salivate when a bell rings, but you're still going to salivate when the bell rings. And that's the part like where a lot of people, they can't understand that part, that the part that's really running their habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors is just linking things together. It don't have to make any sense because in reality their behaviors don't make sense. And so if you don't understand the subconscious mind, you're just stuck wondering what the hell is wrong with me? How come I can't change? Why? And that is the conversation that most people are running in their head. It's a problem oriented mindset. And this is the hypnosis because we're all our own best or worst hypnotists because we're all up in our head talking to ourselves 24 hours a day. And usually I work with a lot of very smart people, perfectionists, successful professionally, and they're overthinkers. I was an overthinker. And so we have this supercomputer, but we're running a garbage program of (laughs) problem-oriented thinking. What's wrong with me? How come I can't stick with a plan? Why can't I do this? Why do I keep failing? And we keep asking those questions and we keep answering them with, you know, shit that doesn't help us. And it just keeps running around our minds. So again, becoming solution-oriented is an aspect of becoming hypnotic because your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. Important thing to know. Again, I always say like, don't think about a banana. Don't think about a banana. And what people do with their logical mind is they can understand why do I keep doing this? And logically, they think they're gonna get to this cognitive breakthrough is going to change everything. But what they don't realize is they spent the last 30 years hypnotizing themselves with programming of problems and failure. And so as soon as you start asking, how can I stick to a plan? How can I eat better? How do I wanna feel? Like all of a sudden you may say, Well, I want to feel confident. Well, feeling confident and I don't want to feel tired. And um, I don't want to feel like a failure anymore. So, so, so to someone on a conscious level, I don't want to feel like a failure anymore is the same thing as I want to feel confident. But subconscious those feel completely different because you have to make sense. That's just a verbal anchor. And you have to make sense of that word. That's why when I say banana, you imagine a yellow fruit in your mind, because you're making sense of what the word means. So if I say, I don't want to be a failure anymore, you're imagining what failure means. You're thinking about, I always use problem-oriented thinking, I think of like a solar system the problems like the sun and all your thoughts, feelings and memories and emotions are all circling that problem. I don't want to be a failure anymore. And it puts you in a failure state. You're remembering all the times you're a failure. Remember what the feeling of failure is. You're asking those questions. And so on a logical level, people say, what's the difference? You're just doing semantics. Well, semantics, your, your subconscious mind is extremely literal. So semantics are really important. So instead of saying, why am I a failure? It becomes, or I don't want to be a failure. It becomes, I want to be a confident, successful, strong person. Well, that's a completely different subconscious mindset you've just created just by using those words and it connects you to a, it's just the same thing, solar system, but now it's a solution at the middle of it. And so now the thoughts, feelings, and memories start revolving around that. And that's the program we're constantly doing. We're either reflecting on the problem and reinforcing them or we're focusing on the solution and reinforcing those. And again, it's not like, once you understand the basic paradigm, the conscious subconscious mind, um, it, it, that's You you still have to catch it, but
0: like the power of focus comes in because we create with our focus and intention. And so, if you find, I'm sure with your clients, most people are repetitively focused on what they do not want. And if you understand, right, universal rules and the creative energy and all that, you literally are creating more. Right. of what you don't want so if you're focused on the weight if you're focused on your bad habits if you're fo- you're right. inviting more 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 so it literally takes a shift in focus what you just described right. about checking out of this reality focusing on I'm a confident person right. that's a whole different right and it's like then so we can start attracting from that point of attraction right different opportunities thoughts experiences all that that's going to complement that new focus. So I have found oh. that, and this is, tell me if this is your experience as well. I have found that 90% of the work I do with clients is identity work. We literally, oh, yeah. because I was a past drinker. I was a past smoker. I've had a weight problem. Like all of that, yeah. literally how I got out of that was creating a new identity because if you still identify as a smoker, as overweight, as a drinker, you're going to stay your identity is that so it was crafting new identities of I'm a woman who doesn't smoke I'm a woman who doesn't drink right and just figuring that out as I went you know I used a lot of hypnotic tools in my healing over the past 20 years that I didn't know were you know hypnotic tools but it was like literally that's at the basis of every self-transformation I've ever had and what I do with clients is we are creating new identities rooting anchoring that in so you okay. exist from this point, and then you're going to have different attractions and magnetics based oh. on this new identity.
1: No, that, that's, I, that's like my program. I, program Yourself is my, my weight loss program. But the very first part is motivation because you need motivation to make everything work. But the next part is literally the real work starts with the self-image. It, yeah. It's exactly like you said. And so, yeah, it, and it takes a leap of faith almost because, again, people are so logical and conscious. They want to figure it all out. But what they don't realize is they're constantly thinking about it from the identity of what they don't want, being overweight. I'll just stick with overweight because I I work with that so much. But if someone identifies as an overweight person, like everything revolves around that, you know? And so again, I, I use always use a phrase like think like a thin person, not like a dieter, right? A dieter is someone who's always wanting to lose weight, right? But it's like a thin person is a complete paradigm shift. And there's a literal part of your brain called the reticular activation system. Yeah. And right, and so it's like this activates that because we don't live in the world of reality. It would be overwhelming. We can't take everything into our brain. It would be overwhelming to us. So this part of our brain filters out what we consider not important and brings into our awareness what we do consider important. And we all know this because anytime you've got a new car, you notice that car all the <laughs> time on the road. You're not looking for it. It just pops into your awareness. So it's a faster way to create change you know, by just, and again, it's that leap of faith almost, you know what I mean? That's the hardest part for people, I think to, to kind of, and that's why the hypnosis is so valuable because it, it puts them into a state of being much more receptive to this idea. Um, because it's bypassing critical faculty is kind of the right. simplest explanation, which again, you're doing every time you watch a movie, unless you get like that jerky friend who's like critiquing every little thing about it. But usually we just kind of put ourselves into a receptive state and just enjoy it. We go along for the ride. And so hypnosis is like that where we're going along for the ride, and imagining ourselves as a person we wanna be. But that's the fastest way to create the changes that you're actually looking for. Because all of a sudden your reality can change. I always liking the RAS system with like the car tuner, car stereo in your uh, car, where it's like all those stations are hitting the antenna, but the radio blocks all of them out except for the one you tune into. Yeah. And so when you hypnotize yourself, you're tuning yourself to a different station and you literally start to change your perceptions of what you recognize in the world. And so it starts to help you in a very profound, big way. You know, like if you do like a thin person, a thin, healthy person, and you put someone into that hypnotic trance and they get to experience that for 20, 30 minutes, when they come out of it, they are literally waking up into a different world, at least for a little while, you know, it has to be reinforced, but they're literally waking up into a different world where the unhealthy stuff starts to fade away a bit and the healthy things start to become more present and obvious. and This is something most people don't think about because they just assume they're always going to have to deal with cravings, always going to be, they're stuck in that old way of thinking, you know? And so hypnosis is that fast way to put yourself where you want to be now, you know? It's it's helpful.
0: (laughs) I've got a question I'm really interested in how you serve your clients in this way because if you're helping, is your clientele mostly women or do you have a mixture of men and women? What does it look like?
1: Yeah, most of my weight loss clients are women. Okay. Yep.
0: A lot of women who have experienced weight loss and dieting and all that also may have eating disorders. Oh, sure. So I'm very interested in your approach and how you help them with that in the hypnotherapy while sure, sure. also serving them, you know, to get to their goals because sure, that sure. can be, I found tricky.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I want to be right off the bat. I work more with, 'Cause I, I since I've been on TikTok, I've been exposed to a lot more eating disorder um community, you know? So that's been enlightening to me because for really 30 years, but twenty years professionally, I've been so fixated on people that are just doing anything to get the weight off. <laughs> and so that's been my paradigm. Um, but I've always believed and I've I've been able to validate a lot of this um in the last few months speaking to these people, is that what what I think they both where they both meet up is the way i frame weight loss first of all i never say why i say it but i don't think you should want to lose weight i think the goal should be weight mastery right off the bat Ooh. because the biggest challenge with weight loss is that subconsciously it's a short-term time frame you know so again, yeah. i don't want to get conspiracies but there is a diet conspiracy and I'm going to say this here because I say it everywhere. All the big diets we know about are all owned by big companies, or were. Um, Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Um, Slim Fast is owned by the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Uh, the company that owns Atkins Food Products, the same company that owns onions pretzels and Cinnabon. These diets are intentionally, because you know, giving you half the story. And they're basically saying, "Here's the plan. Now just follow it." There's never any mindset work, you know. Yeah. And so people just keep repeating the same problems over and over.
0: Or identity. So you have to yeah, identify yeah, exactly. said, think yourself, th- you know, think like yeah. a th- that literally is a shift in identity. Yeah. So even I'm still in this overweight body, I am yeah. embodying a thin person, thinking yeah. those thoughts, taking those actions.
1: Yeah. 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 That's, That's crucial too.
0: <laughs> no, it's
1: the most important. I'll tell you why. And this was just, val- I just was doing a coaching <laughs> call yesterday and what people don't realize, they won't believe this, but I'm going to, I'm going to challenge them to think about their own experience. But, but every person I've worked with, at least on a private level, I have a conversation with them first. And I say, well, you lost the weight there. Why'd you put it back on? And it always comes back to some level. I didn't feel like myself. And, And I hear that all the time. And I had a lady yesterday. She's just finished up eight weeks. She lost 20 pounds. Okay. But she goes, I got to the low, I got half a pound under the low. This is the lowest I've weighed in 30 years. I got a half a pound under that. And I freaked out. That's even, that's doing my, that's working with me too. But she goes, I freaked out. I just, I, I kind of lost sense of who I was.
0: Cause she's not you know? calibrated to that identity.
1: That's what and I'm trying to say. Go
0: back to the comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Which might be the 20 pounds overweight or somewhere in the middle. Yeah.
1: So that's mm-hmm. what you can understand. Like your subconscious mind, like we were saying, it's not logical. So it's a status quo machine. Cause it's like when things are the same, we feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, we don't want to be overweight, but we're familiar with it and it's comfortable to us. And so that's what we're oriented to. And so right off the bat from your weight loss start, you really have to start with that self-image work of, I want to be now here's the key part I wanted to get to. So, so right off the bat, I don't say weight loss. I say weight mastery because weight loss is subconsciously a short-term thing.
0: Or even the word loss. We yeah, don't exactly. want to lose things.
1: Right, right. No. That's another one. Like, don't say I want to lose X amount of pounds. Say I want to be X amount of pounds because it's back to that identity work, yes. right? Um, but the, the diet is is coded subconsciously as a temporary thing. And once it's temporary, then you say I want to do as fast as possible. Once you say I do it as fast as possible, you choose extreme plans you can't sustain. And that pretty much defines most people's experience. So we want to focus on weight mastery. So I always say, you don't want to lose weight. You want to get to your goal weight and live there the rest of your life on near autopilot, a way more specific and articulated goal that they want. Now, the eating disorder stuff, the eating disorder stuff where people that are struggling with eating disorders and people that are struggling losing weight, I think where they can both meet in the middle is that oftentimes they're looking at that number on a scale or that size close as something that's going to make them happy. And it's important to understand that the, the weight, just like money, is a means to an end. Just because you have a certain weight, just because you have a certain amount of money, doesn't make you happy. You know, if you're making your money from robbing old senior citizens, <laughs> you're not going to go to bed feeling well at night. And if you starve yourself to get to a certain weight, it's a shitty quality of life, you know? And so I always suggest that you need to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. You need to make this a process about becoming the best version of you that you can possibly be. And that needs to be the goal right from the beginning, because if it's just weight loss, what most people do is they trade the pleasure of the food for the pleasure of the scale going down, the dopamine drip. And so you watch that scale going down and it's a dopamine drip every time it's going down. But at some point that scale stops going down. And now you're just left with no food and no dopamine from that (laughs) food, right? And so it's important right from the beginning, this is about, you know, it's not about, you almost have to make the weight loss secondary, you know? It's about what's important to you in your life. and and everyone already has things that are important to them and it's about taking those things and realizing how the weight is costing you those so Mm -hmm. i'll take like i don't let's just say someone's a parent and i'll say well your weight is making you a worse parent than you could be and they get rustled by that not because of how you look because that's how everyone thinks about weight loss again diet every diet ad you've seen is a before and after picture which right. orients you to superficial extrinsic motivation. Yeah. Well, just we want to look at
0: the transformation. Yeah, a particular activating system. Yes. Right? we see it in another. Yep. We immediately think it's possible for me.
1: Right, right. So That's it's so true. very
0: activating.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I get why they do it. I mean, I understand it. They, they're they're jumping on top of kind of human you know uh programming to begin with um but it's a it's an extrinsic motivator because i always ask people if there was no one else on earth would you want to lose weight you know i always love that question because that'll let you know if your motivation is purely extrinsic based on other people you know just oh wow you look amazing which is what most people's weight loss is built on and it's the weakest form of motivation is extrinsic and so intrinsic motivation is really that it's that feeling when you put a piece in a puzzle right? It doesn't mean shit, but it feels really good. You know what I mean? Like it just feels right inside of us. It's a nice feeling. So we want to orient to that, like being a good parent, being a good partner, being a good, you know, son or daughter, whatever is important as a role in your life is a good place to start because you're really motivated to be that. And so we want to look at this process of how you can be a better version of that person that you want to be, And not because you look different but because you feel different because you're eating differently you're living differently and all that so it's a reorientation in that way and it takes a little bit of work sometimes but once you do it it's way stickier because the motivation to look better that it comes and goes right and people with eating disorders what i always say to them is i say once we start talking personal development i say you know is this a process where the lower the weight goes you feel better and better And what I'm hearing is, no, it's usually a form of self-punishment and it's usually, you know, generated by a lot of negative emotions. And it's this idea that, well, if I get to a certain weight, everything's going to be amazing, you know? So I always tell the eating disorder, because, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one thing on TikTok. So I do program yourself thin is the name of my program. So again, realizing that thin can be such a trigger word for some people. Yeah. Clearly. Right. And, and I've come face to face with that, but my ver- my definition of thin is you living at your goal weight and your goal weight is the weight that makes you the healthiest, the happiest and gives you the best quality of life. So that definition, it makes people with eating disorders think about things a little more robustly because a lot of times they're going there because they think getting to a certain weight is going to mean everything's amazing. Yeah. And, um, You know and so the water fast to get to the lowest weight it's not sustainable it's racked with anxiety and tension and and all this negative emotions and so again i try to orient people towards i really work to orient them towards positive emotions that they want to feel beyond just looking good
0: one of the things i do that i find right because i'm just root oriented mm -hmm. so i also will go deep with them on the weight that they're carrying what is it what have you made it mean about you being yeah. in this body right mm-hmm. most of the time i would say hundred percent of the clients i have ever worked with the their self-worth is lower than ideal oh sure so when you talk about right if you're carrying this extra weight or you have this body or you look this way right and there's a lot of triggering moments right taking a shower getting naked sex trying on clothes is really triggering for women right but it, so i'll ask them what have you made that mean because this is a very neutral experience it has no meaning except the meaning that you've placed on it. So when you put your clothes on and they're a little bit tight, that's neutral. You've got clothes that are sewn a little smaller than your body size, very neutral experience. What have you as this powerful creator, what meaning have you decided to project and place on this 99% of the time, it's I'm a piece of shit or I'm worthless or I'm lovable or no one's gonna love me or you know that kind of stuff. And it was like, that's, what we work on oh, for the, sure. the genes and the, the body that will heal itself that's the gold that we need to go to
1: oh that's so true i'll give you an example too like I'll, I'll internalize this and give you a metaphor of how i work with a lot of people and this is kind of based on transactional analysis of um we, we have these different ego states. So one of them is a child. We've all been a child. And so literally, there's a part of your brain, because they've done this through, um, they've done epileptic surgeries where they're triggered different parts of people's brains electronically or electrically. And um, what'll happen is they'll have dual experiences. They'll, they'll recognize, because they don't put them asleep. your brain doesn't have any nerves in it. So you can poke the brain and the person can be awake. And so... They'll, um, they're aware they're in a surgery operating room and they will poke different parts of their brains and they'll have like a dual memory, but it'll, the memory will feel like as if they're experiencing it right now. So we have these ego states that are within us. We remember what it's like to be a child. This is why we regress people when you're in hypnosis and they can literally, I, I've done this to myself and I talk like a child. It was so weird. I've seen people, they write like a child. So literally you can go regress back to being a child. So that part's in you. You also have a parent voice, whoever, If you had a parent, it's that voice. Um, And if you were raised by whoever you were raised by, it's that voice. And there's a critical version of that. It's the person who disciplined us. And so a lot of times what happens with people when they want to create a change is they have this childlike part that wants to create the change. I want to start eating better. I want to be healthier. I want to lose weight. I want to do something good, something new. And they'll go to make that change. And even before they make it, that critical voice will say, this isn't gonna work. It's never gonna work. You shouldn't yeah. do this. You're gonna fail yeah. just like you always do. And it's very, very critical. And then never mind. once we make a mistake, forget about it, right? I told you that better. And it just, it, this little child is just like a child and they can't stand up to it. So a lot of what I do with people, the work wise, and this is the TA stuff, the transactional analysis is creating an adult voice. Because to be honest, a lot of us didn't have like a really healthy adult voice growing up. And so it's just empty. It, there's nothing there, it's a vacuum. And so the adult voice becomes that encouraging, supportive voice, you know, for while you're looking to create change. And so I I feel like this happens to a lot of people because, you know, and even with weight loss, they tend to start their weight loss off by some spontaneous pain-based motivation. Mm -hmm. They step on the scale, see a picture of themselves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) clothes, like you said, the clothes are tight, right? They Uh go to the doctors, someone says something to them and they get so upset that they say, I got to do something about this. And of course in that state, it's a very hypnotic state. They're not rational. And so they choose the extreme diet, the fast result, you know, but, um, it's all pain-based. And so our brain doesn't like pain. Our brain's a pleasure seeking mechanism. So even if they get on it for a couple of days or weeks, you know, even if they start getting results and the pain starts going down, the motivation goes down, but usually it's not a good plan because our brain wants pleasure. That's why the food's a problem in the first place. It's pleasurable. So anyway, so a lot of the work I do is developing that adult voice. You know, some people say it's like my voice in their head. You know, it might be yours. When you're speaking, it becomes a positive voice in yeah, their head for the first even time ever. Like
0: I can hear you in my yeah. head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That's exactly it because we become, you know, kind of a surrogate adult voice. Yeah. You know, I'll call it a coach voice. But it's like they realize... And I'll have him do this. I like one guy, I remember, I always remember this one, but Jimmy Stewart was the voice he wanted to remodel after someone positive. And so for him growing up, that was a very fatherly figure yeah. that, that we liked like that. But it's like, you realize, holy shit, I got no positive voice in my head. Well, how are you going to succeed? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like when you think about that, because it's like, that. that's one of the biggest things I work on. It's really everyone too, but it, especially women where there's such a critical voice, you know yeah. what I mean? In their heads. Oh, God. And, um, you know, it, it's tough. Because there's no, we, we're we live in such a crazy environment where we're constantly interfacing with perfection, genetic perfection. Because again, by the time you see someone on an ad, they're genetic outliers to begin with, and then on top of that, they might have had plastic surgery, and on top of that, they might have photoshopped them. You know what I mean? And then they're shot in a perfect light, all the rest of it. Yeah, and like so one percent always...
0: of humans actually right. look like the people that we. <laughs> right, right, and like when then you're around, do you yeah. see anyone that looks That's like that? That's what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly and so and even if you did again that's what i try and bring it back to and again my, my eating disorder conversations go to that where it's like you know if you put yourself out there is i got to be this tiny weight because that's what makes me valuable you're you're broadcasting that to the world too and you're going to attract those people that think that's valuable into your life it, it's a very unhealthy cycle and so when you point that out you know and you try and put people and i say try knowingly saying that um that implies failure because it's a challenge i mean it takes a lot of I mean, in some ways, hypnosis is really like for phobias. You can use a hypnosis; it changes yeah. things instantly yeah. for good. Um, weight weight stuff is it's more of a practice. I, I mean, that, that's my feeling. Oh, and I it's can long certainly. Term. It. I
0: tell clients yeah. this is not a couple of sessions. You've Exactly. Been with me for three to six months, and we. Yeah, can-
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I've worked with some people for years. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's like learning a language. I mean, it really is. I don't know. I, I so again, I, I don't like to. And that, but you know, that's back to the idea of like hypnosis. There's certain things about hypnosis that make it goofy. It's stage hypnosis is one of them. Yeah. Um, and this idea of people out there saying like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to snap my fingers you're gonna be a different person. And I went into it like that because I used to have a hypnosis office where I worked one on one with people for years. People would walk in almost expecting I was working some magic on them. Yeah. And that set me up for failure in them. Well, you know, they're programmed they to
0: think there's some instant quick fix because that's yeah. what we've done, you know, we've right. people, but especially yeah. your inner programming, it takes time. It takes reinforcing. It takes reaffirming.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So especially when you, and I tell my clients, I was like, the shift in identities is not fun or easy or painless. Right. And what I liken it too is those um, like Christmas snow globes. And I was like, when you come into my world, it's like a snow globe and you've got this real idyllic picture, okay, inside. And that's the goal. That's what we're wanting, right? When you come see me, we are shaking the shit out of that snow globe right. that right. snows everywhere. You can't see the picture. I was like, we are unearthing trauma, challenges, right. beliefs, stories, right? It's a big shit show. Yeah. And then the snow settles And you got this beautiful picture inside. And I was like, I preface and let people know, like, this isn't a quick and easy ride. Like, and I was like, what you get on the other end is freedom,
1: right? Right. Inner
0: liberation, power, clarity, right? It's worth it. A thousand percent.
1: That's what I I always say the same thing. I liken it to college. I'm like, you need to have that kind of attitude. You know, if you're going to deal with your weight. Cause I'm not gonna bullshit someone. Cause I I I unknowingly was bullshitting people because I was like, oh, because that's what I was taught. Like, yeah. oh, you're just gonna read them this script. And, you know, I'll tell you a crazy story. The first person I ever hypnotized in my office, right? I had been working as a manager of a restaurant and it was in like a, a little mall type thing. And so there was a guy who was like um, the maintenance guy. And so he'd always walk around, whatever. And so I told him, I was like, oh, my, my hypnosis office. He goes, I want to come and see you. So he's the first person I ever met. I was all nervous and scared out of my script. And so I read him the script 20 minutes and he leaves. And this guy ended up losing 40 pounds, right? So he's walking around the mall. He's, he's telling everyone about it. So it was cool but I was like, what the hell? I'm like, I don't understand what happened. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, I went on and it was like, well, some people it would work for and some people it wouldn't. And I was like, oh, well, I can't build a career on this. And so that (laughs) really honestly kind of set me up on the path I'm on now where when I work with people, you know, program yourself, then it's an initial eight week commitment. You know what I mean? Like it's eight weeks and it's an intense program. I mean, there's a 60 program
0: or they work with you privately one-on-one.
1: It's both. So, like, I teach them, I do, I come up with a process called self hypnotic programming. So, that's a, a self hypnotic programming technique they use at night. It takes about a minute where they program themselves because they're going to have to do that forever. I still use that. Yeah. Um, then there's a 60 page workbook where I take them through a mindset, lifestyle, and eating blueprint that's customized to them. And then there's a bunch of hypnosis. So, every day I deliver it through the phone. And so, every day they get like a five minute hypnosis session to start the day. And then there's a sleep gnosis session at night, it's a 10 minute one. And it's all just positive mantras. They're relaxing though. The nervous system, we haven't even gotten into that, but you know, most people are, their sympathetic nervous system is overactivated, And every time they think, you know, like anytime you're, there's a thing in your life that you've been struggling with, like weight, for example, when you think about weight, it's almost guaranteed that you're activating your sympathetic fight, flight, or freeze nervous system. Right. And what, you know, something interesting, I just realized about this, um, cause I've been reading a lot about evolution l- lately, but one of the fascinating things about, it, I've never put this together is when you activate your sympathetic nervous system, the blood goes from your brain down to your body right? Because your muscles need to fight, flight, or freeze. You don't need to be thinking critically in that state. You just need to react. And so people go into this state and that's pretty much what you see. You see them just reacting. And so the first step, if you really want to be a conscious integrated human being, I think is you've got to start practicing activating your parasympathetic nervous system where you relax and calm down, allow the blood to flow back to your brain Um, so that you can think more creatively, you know, I think one of the metaphors I use a lot, the
0: the healing mechanisms. I tell my clients, your body wants to heal. You have to put it in a state where the healing can happen. And I always speak right in my inductions in the beginning. I always tell them I was like, just you simply taking a few breaths and relaxing. The healing has already begun. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. you've gotten yourself into that state, right? And I really amplify that your body is working on a cellular level to heal your emotions, your thoughts, yeah. your issues, you know?
1: Oh, so it's so true.
0: Most I, people don't even know how to relax.
1: No, and I was just going to say that because like, I was just, even when I had a hypnosis, I was like, oh, okay, well, what am I doing? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I just felt very like unsure. And so I remember asking the question, well, what is something I guarantee that I can Every person that walks through their doors, what's something I can guarantee and I can relax them. Yes. And that was the foundational piece. And, and then I realized that just like you said, I was like, wow. And I was like that because when I like, I was 19 when I said all that stuff happened. And I was like, I was so tense and I was shocked to find out how tense I was. And I talk about like, I'll talk about sometimes like all the habits that, that helped me. And one of them is breathing and people like, so I think I know how to breathe no, you don't. <laughs> you don't know how to breathe properly, almost guaranteed. And part of it's because there's so much tension in our bodies. Did we're you so... hear
0: the study that we actually release excess weight or whatever through the breath?
1: Yes. The primary way you release That's the,
0: the actual vehicle yeah, comes... which we, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's nuts, right? I know no one thinks, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And then like the primary way we're over in in, in eating and drinking and everything is we're in a sympathetic, we're just You know what I mean? Like we're always in this constant tweaked up state because the society does that. You know, we're not really in life or death situations anymore, but we have so much media. that's always taking advantage of that. And it's always triggering us to be in these very, you know, tense states. And we can spend our whole lives like this constantly being tweaked up. And so just letting go and relaxing. That's why I do the five minute sessions in the morning. It's to start their day off relaxed, which that alone people are like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Like that alone is just and profound. And do you set
0: the focus for the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah. day there's
1: like the positive weight mantras. You know, there's a quote. It's a, it's a whole thing because that's the other piece of it too. Y'all you know, go to a conspiracy that um I think, I always think like our society you know, we always have different political and, and you know, religious things, and all things that separate us. But the one thing we all are is consumers. <laughs> and I think that we live in a society where, you know, gratitude's kept to a minimum and what drives consumerism? You never have enough, where yeah, right? you never feel like you have enough and they keep us tweaked up because it keeps us in that. Okay. oh, I just need more. Oh, that's better. It's always something better. And we never just kind of like, you know what I mean? Just ground ourselves, become present. And, and, and gratitude's one of my key habits that I work on, always work and am developing it. But so the hypnosis helps do that because just again it's that physiol it's like meditation hypnosis and meditation brain science wise look very similar totally. um you're doing different things within them but that state and then getting positive suggestions i always suggest that to people that like look around where are you getting positive encouraging suggestions for you to be happy healthy grateful content you know what i mean like where I'm like, where are you getting that from? Because everything's tweaking us up to make us feel it's it's all active. It was like what they say in the news. If it, if it bleeds, it leads. Everything's like that because that stuff grabs our attention. You know, you have to recognize that and you have to pull away from it and find some space within your day to, you have to program yourself. I think, I mean, I do it. So I'm not saying anything I don't yeah. do.
0: No, and I, I teach my clients and my listeners, and my followers always be really selective and mindful about what you expose yourself to. Don't think that you're like unaffectable. Like you're literally in a trance. Right. Always under the influence of something. And if you're not in charge, somebody else is. And they don't give a shit what they're putting in your mind, right?
1: Of course, of course, right.
0: (laughs) I really, really like want to empower people with like, like get selective about what you're watching, especially in the nighttime, especially in the morning, right? You're naturally Mm -hmm. in those hypnotic states. And right. then at various times a day, so cut out some things and add some things, and yeah. just by doing that, you can radically change the trajectory of your life.
1: Yeah, it's. It, I always say that like like every food commercial, every commercial you see is a hypnosis session.
0: Yes. You know
1: they're looking to elicit an emotion and then attach their product to it. You know, and um, you know, I, I don't like to say this, because I don't like. You to ever
0: watch them like, oh, and you're like, oh, that was a good one. Oh, know, all the time. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I think about
1: diets in general
0: because of our training. Yeah. Because- yeah. But I, we're still influencable. We're not. Oh, like, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I think we have, we definitely have a higher level of awareness. I can catch things. Sure. But I'll catch myself like, oh, I just got in a trance there. You yeah. know?
1: <laughs> well, to that point, right. So I don't have, I haven't had like commercial TV in 20 years um, because I realized this and, and people say, oh, that, that doesn't affect me well it affects me
0: literally (laughs) call it television programming.
1: right right that's exactly right the
0: title
1: yeah it says it they're not even hiding it yeah so it's like i'm not around like commercials except like i'll watch football and and i'll see commercials then but i went away last week and we were watching the the hotel tv and the the commercials come on and especially the food ones i'm like holy shit! i'm like i don't know how people are going to watch this in stay in control because yeah okay you got my session for five minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night but if you watch three hours of tv yeah. 20 to 30 percent of its ads
0: yeah or and if your environment's the same if your kitchen looks the same if you oh, still yeah. have all the same goodies or whatever <laughs> You're climbing a mountain that it may not work, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just you're setting yourself up for failure. But again, it goes back to this idea that people just assume they're going to have the cravings and the hunger. Again, this goes back to the medical establishment where we have a medical establishment that's built around treating the symptom.
0: Right. Like
1: you were saying, like you like going deeper. I do the same. Like everything, someone comes to me, it's always the presenting problem. Right. That's not the problem. Right. It's it's like there's a deeper thing. Yeah.
0: It's always, tell me if you don't agree, it's always 100% of the time a self-worth issue. Whether it's a leaf yeah, oh, yeah. or like that, I have found if we scrape everything back, yeah. it's, I'm not worthy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've been going like any, we always joke like, like the hypnotist is the solution to last resort. No one starts with the hypnotist. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. So they've been we spending
0: everything and then go.
1: Yeah. I ask this all the time. I do TikTok lives all the time. I'm like, how long have you all been trying to lose weight? Hey, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. So that's 40 years of, What's wrong with me? How come I don't do this? And, it and they have forth. so
0: much evidence built up that it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah. literally too. Like I think people don't think of like their mind. That this is like an intuitively people think of thoughts as like non physical. They think of willpower as a non-physical thing. And it's important to understand that all of this stuff is physical. And even the thoughts are just neural connections. Yes. And so you're constantly, it's literally hypnosis. It's literally going to the gym of self-worthlessness and building up those muscles. Like it's like that solar system thing I'm saying, what's wrong with me? How come I can't do this? When's the last time I tried to lose weight? Oh, I did that. Oh, and then I failed. And then it's, so it's like they're constantly hypnotizing themselves to feel like this powerless person who's stuck. And um, once you once you do explain that to them, they tend to be like, they agree with it but then they go back into trance too because it does take a consistent um you know it's like if you try to learn to you know i'll give you this example too i like to use this to, to explain conscious versus con- subconscious knowledge it's like you know how to write you can write with your hand right but it's like you don't know how to write with the other hand though why not you know how to write so why can't you write with the other hand right because it's a subconscious program that you programmed into your other hand it's yeah. not conscious knowledge that allows you to do it and so again, when it comes to change, even doing sessions, people will be like, have this big epiphany, but it's like, you have to take that epiphany and now put it into some reinforceable way. Reinforcement to me is the most important part of change. Oh, and yeah. this flies in the face of a lot of stuff because people think, well, once I realize I was doing something stupid, I'll stop doing it. No, you won't. <laughs> you will keep doing the dumb shit, even though you realize it's yeah. dumb, you'll keep doing it because that's the pattern you have, you know? Right. So, so I don't know, Like, like, again, just... I think it all stems from just a lack of awareness of how your mind actually operates, you know, and there's this, we think we're so logical and conscious and you know, and we're not anyways, I'll give you one more metaphor. I use a lot just to kind of describe it is that I use like the mind, like a, like a cruise ship and the, the conscious minds, like the captain, the subconscious mind is kind of like the crew. And so it's like a lot of times when people want to create a change, <clears throat> it's kind of like metaphorically, like the captain saying, get out of here. You're doing a bad job. I'm gonna do it all. Well, and you can only do that for a little while and you get overwhelmed. You just can't do it. So really where it works, because a lot of times the hypnosis is kind of over talk the subconscious part of it, but it really is what it is. It's a better relationship between the conscious and the subconscious mind. And so in this cruise ship metaphor, the way things work is when the captain does their job, they set the course, you know what I mean? Do a lot of logical stuff, manage the team, and then, you know, help them do their things properly but you add an extra wrinkle in here where the captain speaks French and the crew speaks Chinese. And now you have a better accurate description, you know, of the mind. And so you have to use a different language to communicate with the subconscious mind, which is the imagination. And so it's actually a lot easier, um, you know, to create changes this way because it's not about figuring out every little detail of what you need to do. And people love, they get obsessed with that because it's, it's easy to conceptually understand what you should do. It's a lot easier to conceptually understand something than is to actually develop the skill, you know? And so people love learning about, oh, give me a meal plan. Mm-hmm. Tell me the workout to do. Give me that philosophy. The concept, like keto's the keto is the king of this. Like, could there be anything simpler conceptually than saying, just stop eating carbs? Oh, you want to lose weight? Just stop eating carbs. It's simple. It's just just one thing, just stop eating carbs. But then you go to do it and you're like, oh shit, all I do is eat carbs. What do I do? I don't know what to do, you know? And so every diet, the the secret of it is they conceptually make it sound as simple as possible, but the reality of changing your behavior is anything but simple, you know? And so it's not about knowing, Oh, I should eat less, but this is why people get stuck because they say, Oh, I just need to eat less. I'm so stupid. I can't even do that. Well, you're not stupid. That's really hard. (laughs) It's really hard to change your behavior, you know, three to six times a day, every single day, you're just going to wake up tomorrow you know what I mean? On Monday, and you're going to cut 60 percent of your calories out, and you're just going to maintain that till you reach your goal weight. It's it's asinine. It's a crazy. You wouldn't do this with anything else. I always equate it like if you want to learn the piano, the first day you're going to play for eight hours. You know what I mean? Like it's that yeah. kind of thing. Well, the second day your fingers are cramped if you can't even move, so you're not going to be able to keep it up. So people overcorrect a lot of time when they want to change a behavior, and I like to undercorrect and just let, let's take this on strategically because people set themselves up for failure. And they expect that they're going to like get these crazy results because they're going to make a decision. And that decision is the first step along the process. You know, if I decide I'm going to play the piano, that's just the first step. Now I got to institute, I got to find maybe a teacher, how I'm going to learn. I got to work on a practice schedule. That's what's going to allow me to to play the piano, not just deciding I'm going to do it. Oh, now I'm just going to do it. Well, what's that mean? You have no programming for how to do it. You have to develop yeah. that and the and that takes so
0: let's say even you bought yourself some lessons you sat down at the piano if you've got a story that tells you that you're a shitty musician you yep. can't learn anything you're not yeah. right you and the piano are not creating magic if that's yeah. the story that you're telling so, so true. i know it helps and myself included and, and maybe back you know when you had the issue too like taking the action helps us feel like we're doing something toward our goal but if that yeah. energy If that subconscious, conscious alignment isn't there, this action is very short-lived.
1: So true. It's like a 2
0: prong process. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I'll give you an exact example. I've been playing guitar for 30 years now. And for 24 of those years, I played guitar and I was okay enough. But I was like, uh, my, my mom would always say, I don't have a musical bone in my body. You don't have a musical bone in your body. She, she tell me that she's a great mom. She was great, but for yeah. whatever reason, she had this idea. And so I played guitar, but the whole time I'm like, I suck. I suck at guitar. And so I read this book called Peak. And in that book, they did a study of, they went to a music school, violinist, and they studied they had first, second, and third chair people. And they interviewed them all. And without exception, they were first chair, practiced the most, second chair, practiced the second most, and third chair, practiced the third most. And that was such a defining moment for me because what I say, I thought some people just had a natural talent. And that's why they were good or bad. And it's always practice. And so I go back to me and I said, oh, I'm not that, I'm not that great at guitar, not because I didn't have talent. I'm not that great at guitar because I never practiced a lot because I never believed that I could be good at guitar. Bingo. You know what I mean? And that was such a profound idea to me that, and again, it gets back to that self-worth. How, why am I going to practice hard if I can't be good? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so people are like that with pretty much anything they want to change, they've developed this identity and this belief system that they're not ever going to change it no matter what. Um, and that's not true. You know what I mean? It's just not true.
0: Right now I'm studying the power of beliefs and how that literally plays a role in creating our reality. Like we literally are experiencing our belief systems out in the 3d world, you know, and then through hypnosis and through programming, we literally can shift beliefs. Like I feel like, I feel like like we hit on some like really deep Stuff that like almost like hidden information, like secret oh, sure. <laughs> information, right? Because if, like, if you know this and access this and you understand it, how you work as a human, how the mind works, how you can use the programming and how it creates your reality, you are unlimited.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In your
0: creation and your self transformation right. that's empowerment to its fullest extent. And you know what? It's free.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 for <laughs> sure. You know, I, I mean, the knowledge and the
0: teachers and all that like comes right. But it's like, right, actually, right. the process yeah. costs no money.
1: Yeah, just no, that it's so true.
0: Has been kept from us. Yeah, I mean, it's been in little pockets, right? And I think once you get turned on to it, you know, via whatever vessel from the universe, like, I right, feel right. like we have like, just hit the jackpot.
1: I think that all the time. I just, okay. it's like a miracle. Yeah. yeah. I think of it like a miracle. I really do. But I want to add one thing to it though. And I think that it goes back to the idea of like hypnosis. It's like, it's not a cure all. Well, it's a, it is a cure all, like it is a cure all, but it's not a cure all in the way people think. Cause I think a lot of times people think, and I think I blame like law of attractions on this and I like law of attraction, yeah. but I think they, I think a lot of things are overstated. And so I do think that like, yes, you can be anything you want, but you probably can't be that thing instantly. Like, like you can be like, you can connect to it, yeah. but you're not going to become that thing externally instantly. Like if you want to lose weight, you'll start thinking like a thin person, all that, yeah. but you're not just going to be a thin person's tomorrow externally, yeah. but internally you can be that person. And, and get so comfortable I like to make
0: in the feeling without yes. the physical manifestation to like reaffirm. Yeah. Like just be like, yeah, let yeah, yeah. you be in the thinness, not right. needing mirror or clothes, right. I to think- be your evidence. That is power in itself. If I can yeah. access, right? Because I want to lose the weight and look in the mirror because I want to feel this way. Right. I can feel this way. Right. And nothing has changed. Yeah. That gives me all my power back. Not the gene, yeah, yeah, not the mirror,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, you hit the nail on the head, yeah, for sure. I always say my, my approach is like an inside out approach to weight loss, which is crucial because a lot of people do the outside in. And even if they lose the weight, they still feel weird. They yeah. don't feel the things they thought they were gonna feel, you know? It's not a cure-all. If it was, people would lose the weight and never put it back on, you know what I mean? So what's going on inside of you is the prime driver of what your experience is gonna be. But to your point as well, I like the orientation of, I can feel like, I feel like a great guitar player now when I just work on shifting chords and that's all I do, just a simple thing. And it's like, because I know I'm getting better. And that goes back to that intrinsic motivation of putting a puzzle piece in. If you can orient yourself to the small little things that define you more than the outer example, right? So even with the weight loss, for me, it wasn't about the weight loss at first, it was about my behaviors. So I had to stop eating at night. That was one of my, my worst habits. And so I said to myself, if I can get a handle on this, I know the way it's going to go in the direction I want it to. And so I measured my success based on how my behavior was going. You see what I mean? And so it's like, if I got through a night and I didn't eat, great. And by the way, here's one other tip that's so important is it's a Milton Erickson concept utilization, where how do we deal with the wrong stuff, right? So we want to lose weight. Oh, I just ate a box of donuts. What do I do? Because most people either... Go into denial and just put it out of their mind or they beat the shit out of themselves about it which just reinforces the behavior because so, why did i eat that donut what's wrong with me and I always think about the donut so that what i always do this is part of that technique i was talking about is you go back in time and you learn from it because the brain gives up pain for learning that's
0: nlp so right yeah, yeah
1: exactly <laughs> yep yep exactly so you go back and you redo the technique you, you play it through the way it went and happen you rewind it Rewinding yeah. stuff does weird things in your mind But then back to your point, you connect to the person you want to be in your imagination. And so, so much of the work is, you know, becoming, you know, Mary, powerful Mary, kick-ass Mary, who is she? And you identify that and you connect to that physically and you put yourself back in that situation as the best version of you. Then you play it through, just imagining what you would do if you were that person. And that process is so amazing because it gets to the point where it doesn't matter if you did good or bad because you're always learning. You're either winning or learning. And when you put yourself up that way, it sets you up because any path you're gonna take, there's going to be setbacks. There's gonna be discouragements because we all have a negativity bias. We're wired for negativity, evolutionarily. It's more important to remember where the lion was than where the beautiful flowers. So that's why, look at TikTok, right? I could make a video and I'll get a hundred comments that are wonderful. One comment's negative. You know, That's the one I'm thinking yeah. about, right? And that's just how it is. There's no avoiding that. And so when we wanna create change, you have to understand That it's like you're going to notice the negative stuff. And that's not even taking into account all the negative programming you put in your head. But you're going to notice the negative stuff more than the positive stuff. And so you have to prepare yourself for how you're going to deal with that. And And be um, intentional
0: with your focus.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Like I encourage all my clients. Like I have a celebratory list. Every day I am writing down my and, and celebrating my micro wins. Because that trains my focus. So when something little challenging over here happens, it doesn't stand a chance because I have really built up all of the wins I've had throughout the day. It's a training. It's a mind training and focus.
1: Right, right, right. That's so great.
0: When you go back with the NLP technique, with the the moment that that didn't go right, I have found in my personal practice with my clients, when we do that, we extract the wisdom, which you're talking about, like, what did I learn? when we do that, this memory now has no charge, right? Can't continue to hold us back or give us shame or guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because we've extracted the wisdom, the memory is free to leave and fade, you know? And it was like, so the the healing that happens when we do that technique is just enormous.
1: Yeah, that's such a profound thing because we all make, we never really learn how to deal with mistakes or screw ups in any positive way, you know? People say like, you're not scared of the stove that you're going to burn yourself because you touched it and you learned oh if it's hot then i'll burn it and so you you gain that wisdom and now you're not scared of it you let it like you said you let it go and yeah. so often when people make mistakes what do they do again they just either beat themselves up or they ignore again, it. and again and
0: again and again, and again yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, over yeah. and over I was like it has been once right you've successfully beaten yourself up at least a thousand times
1: right right That's what I mean. And it's like what you were saying, like the micro really orienting yourself. I always say like all big accomplishments are the accumulation of small accomplishments. And so you have to orient yourself to the small accomplishments and the small wins, which people just don't want to do because they're thinking extrinsically. The big, I want to show off for other people. You know what I mean? And so if you can orient yourself to the little, the the piece of the puzzle in, like those little wins, they're easy to stack up. That's the funny part. It's easy. You know what I mean? But we can't create like instant change just instantly. So there's... There's an aspect of patience, I think, that needs to be embedded, certainly with weight loss. I'm always working on that because impatience is one of the biggest saboteurs of anything, you know, because we get so impatient, we just rush the whole thing. And so, you know, again, that's part of being grounded. The the hypnosis kind of centers you. It helps you think more clearly. And you start appreciating the little things, you know, instead of like some big ultimate goal, you know, which is just, because I told you this lady, she lost 20 pounds and she goes, yeah, but... I don't know. Like, it's not, not exactly where I want to be. I said, you've lost 20 pounds in two months. I go, what did you want? She goes, I was thinking I was going to lose 40 pounds. Um, one more month. She goes in three months, I was expecting to lose 40 pounds. And she got COVID. So she got a little sick or whatever. But, um, but again, our dopamine is like a super salesman. So we can imagine anything. And, and marketing kind of contributes to this. Yeah. So a lot of times when we think like, Oh, I want to make more money. it's like, we'll we get to, I want to be a millionaire by the end of the week. And, and so we set the thing up here so much, so like, oh, we well, only made twenty thousand dollars. Oh, that's not enough. You know, we can feel less than in any situation. You know, it's kind of to your point. There's external reality, and then there's our interpretation phase, and then yeah. there's the experience of it. You know, and a lot of marketing programming sets us up for failure because nothing's ever enough. You know, I and mean? we always feel discouraged.
0: What I've learned, what I've learned myself, and teach my clients too, is you talk about like we're so programmed and putting things off right? So it's like, so if I'm 20 pounds overweight, I will feel good in my body when I'm 20 pounds lighter, like that's out here in the future. Yep, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. So it's like, it's there's this space between I can't be lovable, or I can't yep. be worth until here. Right. Yep. And it's like, so teaching people that really what you're seeking is self love. I feel right. like when I'm 20 pounds lighter, I'll really love myself and then be excited for life. The fact that I have the ability right. to access that now yeah. is revolutionary. And yeah. then when I choose to access it now, or when I do this with my clients, you're literally shown everything that's preventing you from, right? It's not the genes. It's not the 20 pounds, right? right? It's a, something, a story from childhood. It's what my yeah. mom said. It's my, you know, I was dumped over here. Yeah. It was right. And it was like, right, 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 we can heal that. And then you're free in the moment right. to give yourself what you've continuously been putting off and projecting onto your future body.
1: Yeah, and then so cool.
0: ironically, you do this work here, feel good now, and don't require anything externally to change. You be right. in your dream body like this.
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I love how you put that. That's so that's so so great. Because yeah, because I mean, in that back to the eating disorder piece of it, it's like this idea that because that's what what people are believing if i weigh if i weigh this weight everything's going to be great everything's going to be perfect yes. i'm going to love myself i'm going to be confident i'm going to be attractive everyone's going to want people
0: me people do it with money too right when, like, yeah
1: same thing million. yeah when
0: my bank account's like this i'll be good
1: yeah 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 exactly and and then you realize like you're keeping yourself in a less than state the whole time you know what i mean you're trying to get that goal you can't be like, i think as einstein said you can't You can't solve the challenges. Um, I'm messing the whole thing up. You can't solve the challenges you have, you know, with the same mindset that created them. And so everything's mindset driven. And again, I don't know, it's a hard pill for people to swallow a lot of times because they're so externally oriented. Um, then they think, Oh, well, if I lose the weight, then I I always say that, you know, I'll I'll lose the weight, then I'll feel confident.
0: Well, what they're constantly doing is putting their own happiness and joy out in the future. They're yeah. not giving themselves permission to access right. any of that now based on right. external circumstances. And so if you true. live that way, you are setting yourself up for the most miserable existence. If yeah. your inner state and your emotions are dependent upon any external circumstances, weight, money, you name it.
1: Yeah that's a
0: very miserable existence and so like the power i was talking about the power that we teach and give our clients back oh sure we need that to change to access this feeling right now
1: yeah no it's so true yeah yeah that's it that's it in a nutshell it's really like state management because i mean like don't get me wrong like like losing weight it's it feels good like it's it's an amplifier of how you're doing it though you know what i mean well you and so
0: you weigh what you want
1: yeah, right. That's a trigger thing. So be careful with that one. Yeah, yeah. People get pissed about that sometimes, but it's so true because it's like you, again, you do weigh what you want. You always do what you want. You know, and I love that because, again, it gives you the power back. Um,
0: but it know? also makes you look at, like, if I'm not physically weighing what I want, what's in the way? And yeah. then I can start to get to work. Like, what's preventing right. me from really being. And then right. you talked about the secondary gain that people yeah, don't yeah. want to acknowledge. Like yeah. you're getting something from this, right? What is yeah. It?
1: yeah, that's exactly it. And again, it goes down because it doesn't have to make logical sense. And that's what people have to get over. You yeah. know what I mean? That that the there's no the the logic in the
0: subconscious. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: You just associate <laughs> it together at some point. You know what yeah. I mean? Now you just do it forever. And so it's like there's a there's a logical, uh, you know, there's a subconscious sense logic to it, but it's not the logical, rational thing we're used to thinking about. Um, It's Pavlovian again. It's just it's just a linking up, but it's still creating the effect. And people have a hard time understanding that because they think, look at the dog. Oh, I'm, I would that would never happen. We've well, done the same experiments with people, and we're the same way. We just link shit together. You know, this is why if you look at your behaviors, that's another one. People like they don't recognize the the pattern based behavior that they exhibit. They always think. You know, what I mean, they always think, like, oh, I was. So like, well, you got to eat more structured. Oh God, I can't structure my eating. I just, I don't, I want to eat what I want to eat. You take, you zoom out. What do you think? You're making a different meal for breakfast every day, a different meal for lunch every day. You're not, you're eating the same okay. stuff over and over. You know, it's all a pattern. And so once you recognize the pattern nature of your subconscious mind, I, that's kind of eye opening for people sometimes too, because it's fulfilling a need. Like back to your point, like if, if someone says, cause it's true, that's what they do. I'm, I'm going to wait to feel calm. I'm going to wait to feel love. I'm going to do all this. Well, then they feel like shit. And so they feel like shit. And once they feel like shit, their mind says, well, let's eat a donut. It's going to feel better. And their part says, yeah, but we're going gonna to lose weight. Eh, we'll lose weight at some point. And they're always thinking about the future. And they say, well, I'll just start tomorrow and we'll still lose weight. And, and if so they're being
0: would- honest, feeling like shit is very, very comfortable
1: yeah exactly it's very comfortable that's right it feels very familiar yep. I and mean, this is why people in abusive relationships staying them and again you say well what's wrong with them why do they do that and it's like i look at it and i'm like well because that's what they know yep. like, they tried a whole history of that feels familiar it feels like a home you
0: have to bring in something new and we have to yeah. familiarize this yeah yeah, yeah. reaffirming right for them to even have an option
1: right exactly something different it's so Sam, true. i want to
0: honor your time
1: yeah yeah
0: uh so we've it's been an hour and 20 do you have to yeah. jump off
1: I got a few more minutes if you want to keep okay. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: had one. I had one more thing. I just sure. and I made only a couple notes. I knew we would bounce off each other. Sure. So, how does I know desire plays a huge role? So that's outside of will willpower, right? Sure. The desire is what pulls us forward. Yeah. You know, and so it's like that can motivate motivate us to make change. So if we can get someone to stop focusing on what's wrong, my weight, my clothes, my whatever, get them through hypnotherapy, get them now rooted into a new identity, thinking thin, right? Feeling thin. And then there's like this magnetic pull of like my desire. You know, people will use it like a wedding. I got a wedding coming up and I'm a bride or whatever, right? And they'll use that vision as the bride. And it's like that vision, the desire to weigh a certain amount in the dress or whatever is right. that pull, which helps them stay aligned with the be- the behaviors. Sure. So I found like we have to desire, especially when somebody wants to change something. And I t- okay. teach this to my clients. If your desire factor is still in staying where you're at, if that's more than the desire to be this new person, sure. it's not going to work. Even yeah. with hypnotherapy, so i have found that like they have to be hungry and have like a desire to change for any tool hypnosis and anything to work do you find that to be
1: yeah well that's what i was saying like in my program the the blueprints the mindset piece is where we always start and the very first section is motivation you know back to your point because you need to you need to create leverage on yourself and always do that through pain and pleasure and so what i always say like with weight loss specifically You know, the weight comes down a pound at a time. And what happens is, if you talk to someone who's overweight, they know they're in pain, but it's a chronic pain. It's like a backpack that's got a lot of bricks in it. And so they're like, oh, I hate this weight. I hate this weight. But you need to turn it into an acute pain, like getting poked in the side with a knife, because then you respond, right? It's back to your point of desire, right? And so that's literally the first 20 pages of the workbook is really getting clear on the utilizing pain and pleasure strategically. And I always start with pain because pain is a great, way to make a decision. It's a great motivator to make it, that's it. I'm gonna create a change, but it is not good for carrying the decision out because we can't keep ourselves in that pain-based state, which is what most people try to do with the weight loss. Yeah. So we need to have the pleasure piece as well and we need to boost that up. And so, again, it's an internal focus of creating desire, not, again, it's, it's that, it's like we were just talking about, but it's articulating, I always say like, you gotta make the weight loss secondary. It's about who do you wanna be as a human being? And And again, back to pain, I feel like desire for change, it's usually related to mortality, not, not to get dark on everyone here, but um, it's like, we have to look at and realize we've got one shot at this as far as we uh-huh. know. Um, and who do you want to be? You know, because what we're talking, well wait anyways, we're talking about life and death. My dad died at 54 of a heart attack. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so this is life and death to me. And um, people don't think of it that way because we have an entire industry based on minimizing the effects. You know, and again, I always call the conspiracy theory, the food companies, the diet companies and the medical establishment are all just making shit tons of money off of people being sick and unhappy um, and unhealthy. And so you really have to take this upon yourself. And part of that is clarifying cleansing the lenses of perception about what's at stake here and what's at stake here is literally your lifespan, your quality of life along the way, your relationships. Not because you're overweight, but because you feel like shit.
0: Who you show up as the overweight you and who you show up as you yeah. when you're in your ideal body, two very different human
1: beings. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, you know, the, the hard part of that is that, that you, people are so obsessed with the the superficial part of it, how I look. Because I'll say that like you being overweight's making you a worse parent. And I say that as a triggering statement because again, they're think oh, because I'm overweight. No, it's nothing to do with that. But how there. is that? Cause I, I, ask people oh, all the birth time is
0: in the toilet and then yeah, you yeah. show up accordingly. <laughs> right, right. And your
1: energy and all the rest of it. I say like, how often are you thinking about weight loss all the time? So if you're always thinking about weight loss, that's all energy that you're not spending on your kids, your partner, your business, whatever is important to you in your life, that's sucking all of your energy or at least a lot of it. Yeah. And there's that self-image piece where it feels, you feel powerless all the time. So all of this stuff is literally impaired. Impacting the quality of your life, every single aspect of it. So yeah, I think you're right. The, the desire, it needs to be reframed because most people approach like w- pretty much any change, but certainly like weight loss. Oh, I, I'd like to lose some weight. I really want to lose some, I will look better. I want to wear a bathing suit this summer. These are such like low quality goals. You know what I mean? There's just not much to them really. You know, you have to get to the point. I always say like, I say, well, how motivated are you to lose? Cause that's part of my thing, right? You, the other one is that I'll say you don't want to lose weight to people. I'll say you wish you'd lose weight, but you don't want to. Say, That's not true. And I said, What's your motivation to true. lose weight? Yeah, and no, I know yeah. that. They say, What's your motivation to lose weight on a scale of one to 10? And they go, nine. And I said, okay, let me give you an example. What if the person you love the most in the world <clears throat> was kidnapped? And the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight this month, you're never going to see this person again. What's your motivation in that situation? Uh 20. Well, no, it's on a scale of zero to 10. So where are you at? 10. Okay, now now readjust. Were you at at nine still? Was that where you were <laughs> at just a minute ago? No, you're no. at a two, three. You know what I mean? And again, I like this because it's just like you weigh what you want. It clarifies because people tell them this story. I've done everything I can and I can't lose the weight. No matter what I do, I can't lose the weight. That's bullshit. That's not true. It's weight. And it, it does ultimately come down to what you're putting in your mouth. You know, and your mindset's more important than genetics, thyroids, metabolism menopause all of that stuff Um, i'm not saying there's not some acceptance there there are physical realities but the majority of it is up in your head and you're not motivated you wish you'd wake up tomorrow and lose weight but you don't actually want to you're not committed to actually making this real
0: yes so
1: you have to recognize that or else you're telling yourself a story well i'm trying 100 i 1000 want to lose weight and i can't that's bullshit. that's not true you have to stop lying to yourself or you're not going to be able to fix the problem you
0: know, yeah, I tell my potential of, clients yeah. like, don't invest in this. Right. You know, if if it's not, and I've turned clients away. Yeah. Because I'm like, you're not. It's not going to be worth it. It's not going to be worth right. my time. It's not going to be worth your time, right? Yeah. Connect with me back when you're really on fire for this. Because if you don't yeah. have that, it doesn't matter what I you know give you. And the right. other piece, and I had this on my own journey, the desire was there. I really wanted right a certain body the desire is one piece. And then the possibility factor is another. And I'm sure women bump up against, because when you have years of evidence that tell you otherwise, you can have all the desire in the world to be in a certain body. And you literally have zero belief that it's possible for you. So you just said the women are like, Oh, I tried everything. Right. So it's like the desire may be there, but if the possibility is low, they have to begin to believe that what they want is possible for them. And then if you can spark that, if you can get that just a little flame, then right. we have something to work with. Then we can grow right. that. And then you're on fire for like, I'm doing it. This body yeah, yeah, is yeah. mine, right? right, because, right, right. Like, there isn't any possibility. And there just needs to be some healing work because everything is possible.
1: Yeah, of course. Right? Of course. There's also strategic aspects to it too. And this is something like law of attraction. I think it, it it serves people wrong in one way, because it's always like, if I just imagine myself as the person I want to be, that's going to fix everything. And I don't believe that because I I think that's part of it. And I think it's helpful for motivation, but certainly with weight loss, a lot of it just comes down to the strategies you have available. And so it's like, if you don't know how to eat right, if you don't, so I would say like, I have a pyramid of, weight mastery and the bottom part's mindset. That's the most important part. But then on top of it is the lifestyle piece and then the eating and most people just focus on the eating. But if all of a sudden my lifestyle fell apart, I stopped sleeping, I stopped drinking water. I stopped my relaxation stuff. I stopped nourishing my body. I stopped moving. I stopped meditating. I can't keep up my eating pattern. You know what I mean? So there's strategies. There's literal actual strategies as well that you need to discover along the way you know? And again, I go back to like playing guitar. I have a sense, I have a, like a sense of that path where I'm, I'm developing skills along the way. And I'm cool with it. Like I'm cool, like developing those skills. A lot of times when people want to create a change, they're just so impatient. And they're just like, if I can't do it right away, I'm not going to do it. You know? And it's like, you got to let that go because that belief, again, coupled with the negativity bias, it just makes it almost impossible. You know? So I think there is a, a, a respect for the process and the journey of mastery. That's why I always talk about weight mastery. You I know? love that. Yeah. This it's is like, a it's, long it's a, game.
0: This is not exactly, <laughs> quick and easy. Yeah. This is a long game, but the tools that you right. learn working yeah. with a hypnotherapist, like my clients are equipped with tools they can use forever. So yeah. is yours. Like you don't unlearn this stuff, right? And if right. you continue to build on it, you can reach a level of personal mastery.
1: Oh, for sure. And the hypnosis. Your, oh, good, good.
0: I was gonna ask about the the program. Is there a option to work with you alongside the program are you in there how does that work
1: yeah yeah so so the the program i have is program yourself thin and it's got a couple components to it so the first thing like i said is the program yourself thin technique um that's that one minute two minute technique you use at night to program your mind um the work the weight mastery blueprints again it's a 60 page workbook you go and you fill that out because you have to customize it to you as well that's another diet thing where we're we're in this mindset of like someone that you've never met before is going to give you an eating plan you're going to follow forever It's it's like someone giving you like a here, this is the music you're gonna listen to forever. Here, wear this type of clothes. It's just, it's so weird. But I know people are desperate. So you go through that and you come up with your own blueprints that fit you like a glove. And then there's the hypnosis sessions. Again, ultimately there's a hundred hypnosis sessions. So you really get, you know, are they pre-recorded? The hundred? Yeah, yeah, that that's all pre-recorded. Um, and then every Tuesday, Thursday we have group calls. So I literally (laughs) work with you because You know, that's a huge part, and I I truly believe this. You have got to work with someone outside of yourself if you're really serious. Um, I always use this example. If you close one eye and look at your nose, you see it. Close the other eye, look at your nose, you see it. Open both eyes, and your brain deletes your nose. Yeah. Okay? And so our brain is deleting all kinds of solutions and challenges that are right in front of us. And working with another person... And especially a hypnotist, because you can go work with a therapist and have fun, You know, see in five years and, you know, and all that money gone because they're just, it's just talk. And I think the hypnosis and NLP approach, it's like, it doesn't always work exactly the way we want to, but the focus is always let's change you. You know what I mean? Let's get you from here to there now. Let, let's work on changing you now. And so often with a therapist, it's just this is long approach. It's like, what are we doing? You know, and so I always think like with hypnosis, you're really getting real tools that yeah. you can practice and use right now um to change and then working with someone they can you know again you know this when you're working with clients like i can see it a mile away like the thing that they're so flummoxed by you know it's like i can see it, it, it's partly experience and it's partly just literally just perspective <laughs> you know what i mean just being able to see their thing from a different angle and you're like it's this and and that's what i get literally all my coaching calls are like oh <laughs> <laughs> again, like it's so much of that right and it's because it's right there it's like that nose on their face that they weren't able to see and then you point it out and like oh and then they
0: the- <laughs> i bet they intuitively knew that so when you hit on it yeah it's it wasn't outside the ballpark right it was within right. the realm of like okay i kind yeah. of underneath and they just yeah. made that third party like confirmation
1: yes you yes know? it's so true so it's like yeah working working with another person i have found because i i've done i've been doing this for 20 years and i've done like pre-recorded programs on their own. I've done mm-hmm. private coaching exclusively. Um, and this, this is a new version of it where it's really combined it. And this has yeah. been the best one. I just did the first eight week run of it and the results were really, really good. So Yay. it's a great, great way. You know, again, it's like a weight loss cocoon. Um, in addition, I, I always think of it as like weight loss college. I mean, cause there's a lot of stuff you have to learn. You know, a lot of people are literally lacking the strategies You know what I mean? The approaches, um, as well. So it's not just mindset. Like you think differently, you've got to put new strategies in place. You know what I mean? As well. So it's a combo of those two, but the mindset work always, you know, is the foundation of all of that change. You know, my opinion.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Jim, thank you so, so much for your time on this Friday.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. you, You really know your stuff.